and welcome to Irreverent Testimony, brought to you by Netroots Radio, the political podcast by and for millennial and gender exotypes from a left-wing perspective. It is Saturday, January 30th, 2021. I'm Travis. I'm Rachel. Blixa the cat has joined us. You might hear him in the background. He's very opinionated tonight. Yeah, he has a lot to say. Except for now. No, he's a little (laughs) staged fright right now, so. All right, so we are now a week and a half into the Biden administration. Everything's uh, fixed. We can stop doing this now. (laughs) The world is better. Move along. The world is different. Um, I will put it that way. It's such a different world without Trump on social media. Yeah. Of course, that's not going to last. They can't keep him off there forever. So Uh, sooner or later, he'll be back. I mean, they absolutely can. Well, yes, in theory, they can. But but they they won't. Um, Eventually, he'll, he'll be back and then... Boy, won't that be fun. Uh, in any event, did you want to start with a movie review? Sure. Um, the one we watched last night? Yes. It's not a new movie. It's a movie that's been out for like a year and a half or two years, but it's the first time we saw it. Mm-hmm. And Rachel has opinions about it. Boy, I hated it so much. Um, we watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood last night for the first time, and um I'm kind of off Tarantino. Before we watched it, I was kind of done with him because he's a garbage person. Um, If anyone doesn't know why, uh, he came up under Harvey Weinstein um, profoundly so. Like, all of his first movies were made by Miramax. And after everything came out publicly um, about The Rapist, uh, Tarantino came to his defense and hasn't ever unrung that bell, hasn't ever said... This is bad, or you know, Kevin Smith is one of my. Um, I just adore him as a human being. Also came up in Miramax, and um, every movie that he made through that company um, and those brothers, he's donating all royalties from here on out to uh, Rain. Um, you know, and has completely publicly like disowned the the brothers and everything else, and so. Anyway, Tarantino didn't do that. He was like, he's a pretty good guy. He made my career. Uh, so I was kind of done with him. And then Travis wanted to watch this movie, and I was like, Ugh, well, I'll just love it, right? And then I'll just resent him <laughs> for making really great movies that I like, but being a fucking trash person. Um, well, we liked The Hateful Eight, right? That was the one before, right before. Yeah, this one. right? Yeah. We saw that in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hated it so much. <laughs> Oh my God. Um, first of all, it was incredibly boring. Uh, it was 162 minutes long, which is almost four hours. Three hours. Three hours. Yeah. Almost three hours, which I can't, I can understand completely why it's that long because of the number of minutes spent watching people drive. Uh, and it's not even like just cause there's a lot of chase scenes or something. It's just literally like not like 10 seconds of Brad Pitt driving, but like two minutes of the same drive. You're just watching him drive, and then here's a close-up of his face driving, and then <laughs> there's a there's a speedometer, and then there's a highway, and then it's Brad Pitt driving, and there's yeah. no, like, it doesn't there was advance a lot of, the plot forward in any way. There was a lot of filler, yeah, but I, I did not hate it. Oh I thought it was God, okay, and, and so there, were, there were some scenes in it I actually really liked, um, thinking about it now, overnight, I, I really like the scene with him and the little girl, where the little girl is this super serious actress and she yeah. takes the craft really seriously, and that sort of inspires him. Um, 
I liked that. I liked the whole scene at the at the Manson family ranch. I thought that was really well directed and really well done. Um, there were some things I liked about it, but yes, there's a lot of filler. There's a lot of self Hollywood dick sucking. Oh my god! Which is a thing now. It's like watching a guy watch himself <laughs> act in a thing you just watched him act. But that's literally the movie too. I, it's. So mind-bogglingly horrible. It was so fucking boring. Well, the, the, and then the also, funny. like, the entire plot of the film is really around just, like, the big sad that this yeah, mediocre no, white really, guy there has. There really isn't a plot. The, the plot sort of is this this actor who was never a great actor is now sort of past his prime as an actor, and that's it. That's really the plot. The plot is, that, right, exactly. The plot is he's having a big sad because he's a mediocre white man who never made it. And he literally cries multiple times about this in this movie. And he just <laughs> could not possibly care about anything less than his career or his sad. No, I didn't or, care. I didn't care about that either. I can't care right. at all. Um, but that was sort of like, I think, Tarantino's way of, hey, well, he's getting older and... You know, I mean, he's still he's still oh making God. huge movies that are very acclaimed, but um, that, that I'm sure there was some self reverence in there. Of course, the whole thing yeah. is just so self indulgent and like it's just it unbearable. Was, it, it, it was it was just unbearable. It was me. all that. I I will grant you that. And like the women, what on earth? And you, the thing that's so frustrating is you know he knows better. You know he knows how to write three-dimensional wealth like Jackie Brown, right? Kill Bill. Like, he knows how to write women. And in this movie, like, I asked you at the end of it, like, if you were an alien coming to study humans and you watched this movie, what would you think of women? They're all insane. Psychopathic, murderous killers. Like this Netflix movie we started watching right now. But, like, his his way to make them three-dimensional was, like, they snore. There's like a whole scene with two different women who snore, and that is supposed to be like, oh, well, they're people too, or something. I don't know. I. It was so long. And, you know. Yeah, I guess. The, the only sort of like. I hated it. Likeable female character is Sharon Tate, and spoilers, he does a little like um, retconning of, of real history where Sharon Tate was obviously murdered by the Manson family, and in this one, she's not. Right, they, same they, as like uh, the Nazi movie, right? Right, right. The Glorious Bastards. He rewrites history. And then in this one, they go to the wrong house, which in real life they went to the wrong house as well, but this time they go to the wrong house and Brad Pitt and his dog murder them all, basically. Yeah. Um, whatever. But yeah, it, I, I, I definitely don't understand all the accolades. I mean, yes, it was very well costumed, very nicely shot, and all that stuff that always I goes along with Tarantino. The acting was great. Well, the the funny thing is, you, you have these very long scenes of the movie within a movie, where the Leo movie is is playing these characters like Western, usually Western guys. Like he plays a Western bad guy, and then he plays a bounty hunter. And in those scenes, he's like way better than he normally is, just straight head acting. Yeah, yeah. Like he, I guess he's he trying really, to like overact. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. He's trying to overact and ham it up, and he's like, wait, he's good. But actually, because I'm not a huge Leo fan, I, I think am. he's very overrated. I think he's great. No, I. But I, I, I think you're fooled by that. I think you're fooled by by the fact that he he picks good movies to do. He. I think that's insulting. I just think he's a good actor. <laughs> I think he is a good actor. No. Okay. 
I mean, maybe you're wrong. A lot of people seem to agree with me over you on this one. I'm Um, sure. Yeah, everybody, everybody's got their preference. Everybody seems to love him. I also think Brad Pitt's a very overrated actor. I think Brad Pitt's a tremendous actor. (laughs) I love him. But they, but they were both good in this. I'll give you. They were. I don't think either of them deserve the Oscars that they got for either role at all. And I can't remember what else was playing that year that was nominated for supporting and best actor, but. In Whoever it was, I don't remember. No. It was like somebody pretty extraordinary, and then like these two jokers got it, and everyone was just like, "Ugh, fucking <laughs> Oscars." Um, yeah, I don't know. I really, I, I was just, I really didn't like it at all. I haven't disliked a movie that much in a really long time, especially one that like I love Tarantino movies. It's a guilty pleasure. Like I, I really do. I watched True Romance the other day, which I guess some people don't know is a Tarantino movie, but is. Um, he sold the script to make Reservoir Dogs. Well, well, he didn't direct it. He wrote it. No, but he wrote it. Yeah. I mean, I consider that a Tarantino movie. I, I he guess. He wrote it. Yeah. He wrote um, From Dust Till Dawn as well. But that doesn't feel like a Tarantino movie. Well, he directed the first half. That's what does feel like a Tarantino movie. And yes, then Robert like, Rodriguez like, like took the, over. the gas station and, scene and the stuff. In the, yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And Robert Rodriguez did all the vampire bloody stuff. Yeah. yeah. So what is your favorite Tarantino movie? Well, it's not Reservoir Dogs. I guess take my guy '90s guy card for that. Okay. I think Reservoir Dogs is okay. Yeah, I think it's great, but it's not my favorite either. Um, my favorite. It's not Pulp Fiction either. I do Pulp Fiction does not really hold up super well. Yeah. For me, I think it's very, very overly kitschy, in a way that's annoying and and grating. <laughs> it, it's like yeah. it, it, it's like. Po- Pulp, rewatching Pulp Fiction, which I rewatched like a year or two ago, is like watching a peacock strut for two hours. Mm. I haven't seen it in so many years, but I loved it back in the day, right? It, it's it's a lot of style over substance. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and and you know, all his movies are not necessarily like that. Yeah. Um, so I, that's a tough question. I don't know. Um, I think the Kill Bill movies are probably the best made movies of his, I would say. The best, most complete movies. Although I don't know if they're the best. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I like. I really liked Inglorious Bastards for the dark humor and the pacing of it. Mm-hmm. I thought it just it really kind of flies by when you watch it, and, and yeah. the performances are good. Yeah. Probably Django Unchained is my favorite. Okay. Mine's yeah. Jackie Brown. That's Hands a great down. one too. It's been my favorite Tarantino movie for a very long time, and I have watched it so many times that um, I kind of know it by heart. I kind of forgot about it, and then I was rewatching it today because I needed a palate cleanser from bad Tarantino. <laughs> and it really is still really good. It's a really good movie. Like yeah, no, really it good. holds up. It, it, Pam it's, Greer is extraordinary. For, for DiCaprio, it's so subdued. Which this one we kind of watched last night was also right DiCaprio until the very not end. In Jackie Brown, what are you talking about? No, I'm not talking about DiCaprio. Sorry, oh. I was thinking for a Tarantino. Tarantino. Movie. Oh yeah, no, it is completely right. Like yeah. It's it's sort of based on his obsession with black exploitation films in the seventies, but it is yeah. But the not movie itself is, that, is kind right? of plotting and slow. It is. And it really gets into the characters. It's smart. It's very character driven. Yeah. Yep. Everybody's three dimensional. It, it's not an action movie. No, it's great though. It's one of, one of my favorite. And movies. there aren't that many scenes of people just shooting the shit and talking about pop culture. There's a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Like there's a very annoying stretch with with Robert De Niro and the blonde girl, but aside from that, there's not that much of it. Yep. Um, and, and what's the old guy, the bail bondsman's? Oh, I actor's forget that name. actor's he's name. He's so good. 
He's okay. he's so good, and Tarantino brought his career back, which I love him for. I well, just yeah, love he him. he does that a lot. He brings yeah. people's career, like Pam Greer, yeah. he, um, uh, David Carradine, obviously, and yep. Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, which of those two movies, I prefer the second one, hands down. Yeah, everybody does. No, think. everybody thinks that the first one's so much better. Really? I'm like, I just don't care about a big kung fu action sequence as much as other people. No, yeah, I'm with doesn't, you on that. Don't care about that. I prefer the second one because it's more. Wasn't it weird story. in the movie last night how Bruce Lee was kind of a prick? It was kind of racist in a weird way. Like he was like trying to make the affectations of Bruce Lee, but it was done in this sort of like comical. Yeah, um, Bruce Lee didn't really sound like that. But he was, yeah, it was like a caricature of Bruce Lee, but it was supposed to be him. Like and Bruce Lee's Chinese accent was very faint, very subtle. And this guy was in real like, life. and he, yeah, he was an asshole. I don't know. I just really nothing about it. I mean, he's in one scene. Mm-hmm. And and it's 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 stylized and it's romanticized. That's fine, but God, I hated it so much. And even the like, just okay. There, he's an actor. Got it. He's an actor, so now he's on set and he's acting. Like, and then you have to watch him act, and then the director <laughs> direct him act. You're watching a movie about a guy acting and a director directing it, and it was just like. Yeah, I do that once or twice. I didn't mind that. Half the movie is that, and I'm like, I hate this so much. I didn't mind that so much. I hate it. I I didn't mind it. It, Apparently, I would not do well in Hollywood because I nothing would bore me more on earth than to watch people watch themselves. There's an entire scene with Sharon Tate where she goes to the movies and watches her own movie, which is cool. Yeah, but I don't need to watch her watch the movie. You don't even see the movie. You just watch her. No, all all you had to see was look at her feet because he's obsessed with fucking feet. Yeah, that's another thing. And like, but all you all all you had to I agree. All you had to show was her seeing her name on the billboard and deciding to go into the theater. Okay, Mm -hmm. got it. Mm -hmm. She wants to go watch herself. Right. Okay. I don't need to watch her for like five or six minutes it was at like, a time. Twenty minutes, yeah. Just sitting in a theater, looking delighted. I love Margot Robbie, but I would watch her act. <laughs> like I don't know. I really hated that movie. It was bad for me. It was real bad. Okay. Well, moving on from that, um, what else do you want to talk about? Well, let's talk about President Joe Biden. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. It, we knew that it was going to be very chaotic um, because not only are we still neck deep in this awful pandemic and the vaccine rollout is fucked mostly because of Trump, um, although it's slowly starting mm-hmm. to get where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. And there's all these other problems. There's obviously the economic issues. You still have you have a couple crazy people in Congress now. Mm-hmm as the holdover from Trumpism. But one thing I wanted to talk about was, you know, we, we've talked repeatedly about how Biden was close to the bottom of our list of preferred candidates yeah. for, for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And, but we totally un, always understood why he was a good choice for something close to a sure bet to beat Trump. Yeah. And we certainly understood why, by and large, the African-American Democratic primary voting base said, it's got to be this guy. Yeah. We got it. Fine. You know, we're not going to fight you on that. Um, they were right. He won. Thank yeah, God. Yeah, they were right. Yeah. And that's not to say that uh, Warren or Bernie wouldn't have right. necessarily. This was, a, this was the safest bet right. to make bad white people vote for somebody else, please. Right. Yeah. Now, what we heard from a lot of our progressive friends 
was it, this is almost this is almost just as bad as more Trump, which is obviously ridiculous. But like he's gonna he's gonna be something like Clinton was in the '90s, or he's gonna be a centrist and he's gonna make terrible deals with with McConnell and sign all this terrible legislation. Well, that's not happening so far. Yeah. Um, now I don't know what four years is gonna look like, but if the if the thing was he's gonna be this really boring, awful centrist Republican light guy. That's that's not what's going on. And, and this is not me defending Biden or being a Biden cheerleader or saying all you all my super progressive friends were wrong. But I just want to read off a list. OK, as of two days ago, this was the list of executive orders that Biden has signed. And Biden has to sign a bunch of executive orders, one, because he has a recalcitrant Senate that is not going to go along with big sweeping progressive reforms, A, and B, he has to undo a lot of the shit Trump did via executive order himself. Yep. So, but I'm just going to read them off. Okay. So first, memorandum freezing approval of rules passed in final days of Trump presidency. So, you know, Trump did a lot of really awful damaging shit, like a bunch of anti-LBGT and anti-environmental shit in Mm -hmm. his last couple days just to be a prick because he is. Joe Biden reversed that. Executive order rejoining the Paris Agreement on climate change. Yep. Right. It doesn't fix climate change, but it's something we needed to do, obviously. Uh-huh. Executive order to promote racial equity. Yep. Okay. Proclamation ending ban on U.S. entry from majority Muslim countries. Okay. E- executive order requiring mask wearing on federal property. Executive order coordinating a government-wide COVID-19 response. Executive order revising immigration enforcement policies. That means trying to put a fucking leash on ICE. Yep. Which ICE is not cooperating with, but that's another story. He's going to have to pull out the big guns with that. Executive order undoing regulatory restrictions on federal agencies. That means undoing all Trump's putting cronies and assholes at the EPA and CDC, etc. And like defunding those agencies and taking all of the career people out of them and yeah here's a huge one executive order incorporating undocumented immigrants into the census yep. this was a big big one that went yep. way under the radar yep. what trump and the republicans essentially did was say we should not count undocumented people at all in the census they just don't count they don't exist fuck them yep well no they are living breathing people that live here yep and they pay fucking taxes and, yep. and social security and don't get it Executive order refocusing on the climate crisis and canceling the Keystone XL permit. Yay. Remember a bunch of our fucking Bernie friends. He's going to keep, you know, he's going to keep the Keystone. He's, he's terrible for the environment, blah, blah. Okay, maybe not so much. Executive order banning discrimination on the basis of gender, identity, or sexual orientation. This is another big one that went under the radar. With all the other shit that happened, Trump was fucking awful on LGBT stuff. Yep. Because he knew that the evangelicals were his... Yeah, he doesn't actually hate us. He doesn't care about us. No, he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Memorandum revamping regulatory review. Executive order mandating ethics pledge for government appointees. Proclamation pulling funds from border wall. (laughs) Fuck the border. Executive order pausing federal student loan payments. That's a nice one, but we need to get rid of all the student loans entirely. Yep. Memorandum reinstating deferred enforcement uh, departure for librarians. Uh, Memorandum strengthening deferred action for childhood arrivals. Remember, Trump was trying to kill DACA. Yep, the dreamers are okay. All that I just read was day fucking one. Right. Day two. Executive order promoting COVID-19 safety in domestic and international travel. Executive order expanding access to COVID-19 treatments. Executive order promoting data-driven response to COVID-19. We didn't have a data-driven response to COVID-19. We had 
I, I don't know what we had. We had feelings driven response. Yeah. The feelings of one lunatic. Memorandum supporting states use of National Guard COVID-19 response. Executive order strengthening public health supply chain. Executive order establishing the COVID-19 health equity task force. Executive order supporting the reopening and continuation operation of schools. Actually, like giving them the support and funding to try to reopen. Instead of saying, you figure it out. Executive order promoting workplace safety amid the pandemic. Executive order establishing a COVID-19 pandemic testing board. So day two was all COVID all the time. Yeah, it should be. Day three, executive order expanding food assistance programs. Remember, Trump was trying to fucking kill, and the Republicans were trying to kill SNAP in the middle of a pandemic. Yes, before the pandemic, but then they did not, they just kept getting They just worse. kept going at it. And they didn't even give a shit about the farmers, right? No. Yeah, which is normally a Republican reason why SNAP is safe. But Execu- Executive order assisting veterans with debt. Executive order guaranteeing unemployment insurance for workers who refuse to work due to COVID-19. Refuse to work if they're in an unsafe environment. We work from home. We can't refuse to work because of COVID-19. No. Uh, Executive order establishing benefit delivery teams. Um, Executive order facilitating delivery of stimulus payments. There's still people that haven't got their fucking stimulus because of red tape or problems with the IRS. So Biden's like, they need to get their goddamn stimulus. Executive order to address COVID-19 economic relief. Executive order empowering federal workers and contractors, um, undoing temporary regulations, rollback protections for federal employees. Executive order reversing transgender military ban. That's a yep. huge one, yep. and nobody really noticed because the world was on the fire. world was on fire. But that's that's a big, big, big one. Not nobody. A lot of people noticed, but yeah, <laughs> it didn't really make the mainstream news. Right. Proclamation reinstating COVID nineteen travel restrictions. Executive order promoting buy American agenda. Whatever. Um, executive order calling for evaluation of Trump's housing policies. In other words, Ben Carson, fuck off. Executive order to end reliance on private prisons. That is a fucking massive one. Yeah. Remember, the biggest the biggest knock on Biden, and we knocked him for it too, was the crime bill. Yep. And his overall sort of positions on law and order. Now, some of that wasn't fair because in the 90s, that was everybody's shtick. Even, even the CBC. Yeah. Congressional Black Caucus was like, yeah, we need this. Yeah. So in retrospect, everybody fucked up. Yes, Biden deserves the criticism he got for it. But certainly were... as a presidential candidate, you have to answer for your past regardless yes. of whether who else did it. Yes. You did it and you want to be the president. So you got to fucking answer for it. Absolutely. The only problem that I have with that is that he um, is this does not include any ICE detention centers. So all of those will still be held by Geo Group and all of the other big for-profit prison complexes will still have their ICE contracts. Yeah, that's something that absolutely has to be addressed. Yeah. But that's still, still a big one. Yeah. It's a big step in the right direction. Yeah. Executive order reaffirming commitment to tribal sovereignty. Another fucking yeah. huge one that's yeah. under the radar. Yeah. And something our people have been fighting for and dying for and being imprisoned for for many years. Yes. So that's a big, 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 big one. Executive order denouncing anti-Asian discrimination and xenophobia. Executive yeah. order. In- remember, everybody went crazy when it was the Chinese virus, That's and right. Trump was trying to inflame relations with Asian and Americans. Still doing that. And yeah, it's fucking gross. We went to a hot pot. Remember that yeah. last meal we had before the pandemic was the hot pot place. And they were the first one people stopped going were, to. They were somehow them being Chinese meant they had COVID. I or, fucking I, swear to God, xenophobia is such yeah. a bullshit, racist nonsense. But anyway, or do they think that the people? First of all, most of the people working there aren't Chinese. 
Um, I think the chefs are, but like the the know. waiters and the waitstaff, most of them aren't. No, we've eaten there a couple times. I mean, I don't know what where they're from necessarily. A lot of them are Asian. Um, a lot of them are, but also like, what? What difference does that make? Do they think they're flying back and forth to Wuhan every other day? Right? When they get off their shift, they go to China, and then they come back for their next shift? What the fuck difference does that make? White people. And it's already in the States, so it doesn't matter. Go to China, come back. I mean, it's just the stupidest fucking thing on Earth. Anyway. It's like the people that would throw uh, Molotov cocktails at the um, ISIS gift and bookshop on South Broadway. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they didn't know what ISIS meant, and they right. thought like I, it's it was like this metaphysical bookstop bookshop, um, you know, witchy stuff. And yeah. ISIS is like a Egyptian goddess, right? right? Yes, the like light bringer or whatever. Um, and so some ingenious white people thought ISIS is the terrorist open bookstore in my neighborhood, right. and they believe that they're like, see, the country's going to shit Sharia law. There's an ISIS bookstore. <laughs> You're like, are you I fucking did, I, what it's planet? It's tragic, are you on? but I'm just laughing at the absurdity. I mean, it literally it, happened. It literally happened. Literally, now, they happened had to change their name to on South Broadway to Goddess Books now, or yeah. something, which pisses me yeah. off. But I get it. Yeah, I get it. It's fucking executive order initiating plan to combat climate change. Ex- uh, memorandum on scientific integrity. Executive order reestablishing presidential council on science and technology. Remember, we have a very anti-science mm-hmm. Republican Party and an anti-science president beforehand. A lot of this is just undoing bullshit. Yes. Executive order reinforcing Medicaid and the Affordable Care Act. A memorandum expanding access to reproductive health care. Another big one. Uh, These are really progressive things here. Now, yeah. are these all going to be super 100% effective? Probably not. Especially but not by executive order. No, but it's if nothing, it is a clear announcement. Yes. Saying, yes, I have a really progressive agenda. Yes. Okay, you may have thought I was a boring old centrist white guy, which I am, but I have a progressive agenda. And he does. Well, and that's the thing we were saying after he got the nomination, right? Was that, okay, does it matter who it is really? Because at the end of the day... We will have a Democratic president, Mm -hmm. and he'll surround himself with the very best and brightest people, and they'll push him to the left, we hope. And I know that's not democracy, and it's not how it's supposed to work, right? But who cares? At the end of the day, like, whether Biden would have thought of this on his own or would have thought this was a good idea if somebody didn't explain it to him who was 50 years younger than he was, whatever— He's doing the right thing. So I don't really care what the motivations are. I don't really care where it's coming from as long as he continues to do the right thing. I mean, I'm not going to lie. So far, his agenda is more progressive than Obama's. Yes. Now, granted, it's the... Which is totally unfair because Obama's could not be as progressive as Joe Biden's because he's black. Well, and because of the times, remember? Yeah. It was still pre-2010. Most people, most Americans at that point were still opposed to gay marriage. So Obama had to be brought along. Yeah, and Obama had to be uh, the president... Of an economy that just went through the Great Recession. So. No, we're gonna, we're gonna. I think we're gonna be trapped in the cycle forever. Yeah. Like Biden and or Harris will get four or eight years. Then people will get sick of it. Elect some Republican asshole. Yep. There'll be a disastrous war and another economic crash, and a Democrat will have to come and clean up the mess again. And then, yeah. Yeah, and I. Yeah. We've we've been through this yeah. cycle how many times now? Yeah. Three or four at least yeah. in our lifetime. In my lifetime, yeah. You know, Clinton cleaning up Papa Bush's mess, and then Obama cleaning up W's W's mess, mess. and now it's Biden cleaning up Trump's mess. And what's next, right? Who's going to clean up Ted Cruz's mess, right? Who knows? Anyway, (laughs) so... (laughs) 
So that's as of two days ago. There's probably been more that I've just have missed today. But as of two days ago, those are just the executive orders that he passed. And they're going to be pushing through a very large um, COVID economic stimulus relief package that for some reason Republicans are opposing, even though it polls at 80% nationally. Yeah. They want to fight it because I don't know why. Because they want to fight everything. Because they're going to just, yeah, they have, they feel like they have to fight everything. They have to obstruct everything. Yep. So, which worked in 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, really. Um, yeah, worked for Obama's presidency pretty well. So, I think they're going to go for that playbook again. Well, see, Biden learned his lesson. Yeah, well, and that's the thing that I was listening to. Um, uh, couldn't have been NPR, but maybe it was MSNBC. I don't know. They were talking about how. A lot of the lessons learned, because a lot of these folks were in the Obama White House, yeah. right? Joe Biden was the vice president, so yeah. you're going to pull from people you know. Ron Klain was there, sure. And, and they were saying, you know, when Obama was elected, they sort of took a more cautious approach as the first black president. It's coming after, you know, pretty, he won in a landslide, but like it was, you know, it's controversial or whatever, and he wanted to make sure that he wasn't alienating half of the, the public, and um, they thought, we're going to wait on some of the really progressive stuff give people a minute to settle down. We really need to get healthcare done. And so they waited to do a lot of stuff and then they never did it. Well, and then also with healthcare, they, they got early, they thought they had Republican buy-in for a big sweeping yeah. reform package. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was one of they those, wanted it what to do you be call bipartisan. it? The hook and release, the bait and switch. Bait yeah. and switch, classic bait and switch, right? Um, but then it's it happened again and again and again with Obama and McConnell. You know, it happened yeah. with the debt ceiling and just kept happening. And, you know, I think a lot of lessons have been learned, but that's one of them is don't wait. You know, you, you never yeah. have more political capital than you have right after you won an election. That's right. And especially when you're cleaning up a mess. And Obama didn't have a lot. I mean, he had a lot in some ways because he had he won so overwhelmingly the first time. Um, but he didn't have a lot of experience and and built up favors in Washington the way that like a Joe Biden does. Yeah. Um, and so I think and I think the gloves are off. I, I think after Trump, nobody's fucking around anymore. Yeah. I hope that we've learned that lesson. Um, his, you know, public relations well, people are saying that they've learned that lesson and then they're trying to do really see, progressive things quickly. On the campaign trail, so, people were worried because Biden said, I want to do things bipartisan. I want to work with my yeah. Republican colleagues. I want to do the yeah, right thing. Yeah, I was worried. Um, yeah, but it turns out he was saying what he needed to say. And now he's like, well, yeah, I hope they come along with right. me, but we got shit to do. Right. Right. I hope I want them to vote for this, but they don't have to, I guess. I mean, <laughs> we'll just do it anyway, but I hope well, they do. We, they it's can do the certain best for things. the country. I'm not going to get into the weeds. Listen to Kegro if you want the full process stuff. But basically, they can do certain things through reconciliation and possibly killing the filibuster and all this other stuff. So there's there's certain things they can do without Republicans buy-in. Yeah. And they're going to. Because yes. that, that's the other trap. They're, Republicans have had us by the balls because they know how to do politics and we don't. Yep. So... We know how to govern. They know how to do politics. Yes. And if we can't do politics, we can't govern. Exactly. So, exactly. So, uh, you know, they're what they've been doing for years is um, gridlock, 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 Election time comes, says, ah, those Democrats didn't do shit. They promised all these things. They didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Might as well vote for us. Yep. And it works because people are stupid. Right. And don't pay attention. And th- then out of the other corner of their mouth, they're telling their base, 
see, we stopped them from taking back right. the country and, right. and, and moving it in this horribly scary place where people would have rights. Now, the only thing they can cry and howl about is, is oh, where's the unity? They're not listening to us. They're shutting right. us out. They're, and so fucking what if you're passing legislation people want? Yeah. If 80, 85% of the country wants a massive COVID stimulus relief package and the Republicans are going to cry about how they didn't want it, okay. Right. I mean, you're you're a representative, right? So you're not like in charge. Your job is to vote the way the people that elected you want you to vote. Mm -hmm. That's the point of representative democracy. So if 85% of the public wants it and 50% of the, well, 100% of Republican senators don't, like who are you representing, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing, and and this is everything is so fucked up because of every every state gets two senators, right? Mm-hmm. So you got two senators from Wyoming and two from yeah. Nebraska and two from New York and two from California. Yeah, it's fucking. Ridiculous. So I mean, that's I get it. Don't fucking email me. I understand <laughs> how representative democracy works in the House of Representatives, but it is and, and it is Senate, quite appalling because the Senate has a lot more powerful of an institution. Um, even though we're not supposed to say that out loud. And it's not necessarily true in all ways, but the Senate is a is a powerful body, and the fact that it's weighed the way it is is ridiculous. Speaking of Wyoming, which is the leastly, uh, least sparsely populated state in the nation, and our neighbor to the north, Wyoming is Colorado's hat. Yeah, um, we don't like to talk about Wyoming much around here. No, we don't like. like to talk about it, except, <laughs> interesting news story, uh, there are some folks up in north kind of near my hometown actually uh that would like to secede from colorado and become a part of wyoming because the big gay guy um governor uh, is ruining their lives with his progressive agenda which is hilarious because we all hate him uh they hate him and so do i um so in that that but the, this is their plan populated land no- north of fort collins and south yeah of north and Cheyenne. east East, yeah, because oh, Fort east, Collins yeah. is only sixty miles north or south of of Wyoming. Right. It's right there. So, like back in the day, before you could buy booze on Sundays, you would go to Wyoming on Sundays, and you can't sell fireworks anywhere in uh, Larimer County. So we would just drive yeah, over the go, border and go, and go to, to Wyoming. Wyoming yeah. um, so Wyoming's just right there. But yeah, they want to they want to secede out of Colorado and join Wyoming. I guess it's fine by me. I don't really. Why don't they just move to Wyoming? There's plenty of space. So much space. And and, and Um, property can't be expensive. Well, the reason they want to do that is because they're oil and gas people. They're sitting on a bunch of oil and gas land. Okay. And uh, they see this is where we we both don't like Jared Polis for interesting reasons (laughs) that are the same and different. Um, I don't think Jared Polis is doing enough to protect. Colorado and get his dick out of the ass of oil and gas or vice versa. Um, And they believe that he is ruining everyone's lives and jobs by not letting oil and gas proliferate even more in the state. So he can't really win there, um, I guess. Yeah, well, they're not going to redraw the state lines. So good luck with that, though. It's good to have a cause. We're a nice square. We're very square in many ways, and our shape is one of them. Um, I don't think we're going to just redraw that because some uh, oil and gas folks are bad. But anyway, that's the interesting thing. Okay. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I just heard. Good times. What, on CPR or something? Uh, Yeah, I think Denverite, maybe. Yeah. Which is a great local newspaper if you 
care nobody cares i realize so i want to do that segue from the republicans crying about now's the time for unity yes and what Let's unity actually what, means and okay and i want you to just basically read that michael harriet tweet thread because someone else on twitter said something like i'm gonna punch you in the face right mm-hmm. and then i'm gonna ask Literally, as I'm withdrawing my fist from your teeth to have unity. And, <laughs> and you know, my hand hurts a little, too. And I think it's really this time traumatic for, for both to of move us. past this now. Yeah. And, you know, we really need to unify for the greater good. And I realize that you're bleeding and your teeth are gone. But, like, this is not the time to go back and go hash out and over and over the thing that just happened. Right. We really need to move on. Right. That's how that works, right? Well, right, and, and it's not even don't be mad at me. It's like don't 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 rush off to the dentist, right? Because that's right. That's just gonna make me feel bad about. And don't happened. talk about it. We don't talk about it ever again. Uh, it's very like an abusive relationship. Exactly. Actually. Yeah. Um, well, why don't you give some background first on who Michael Harriet is, in case some listeners don't know? All right, hold on. You do that. I gotta find it. It was just here, and now it's gone. So, give me one second. So Michael Harriet is a prolific um, African-American uh, writer, journalist. Works for The Root, most uh, famously. Um, pulls, no, pulls no bunches and gives no fucks. Actually. Yeah. He's so one of my favorites. You'll see him occasionally on MSNBC. You'll, you'll hear him occasionally on NPR. CNN generally doesn't fuck with him. The major networks generally... No. Are not gonna. He's too he's radical. Very unapologetically black, yes. and he writes also really some of the most amazing um, satire yeah. pieces uh, at the root. If you ever, it's great. He's the best. <laughs> but he also is um, kind of like a, a historian, and I don't know if he has um, his degree in history or, or what. But he'll do these long threads. He might be a history professor. Regularly, actually. could be. I'm not exactly sure. I'll have to look. But um, pretty regularly does these tweet threads about history, and it's. You know, history that you definitely have never heard before, and I definitely have never heard before. Um, and it's all true, and it's all very shocking that you haven't heard this. Um, well, in this tweet thread, he, he makes a very interesting parallel to a subject I know quite a bit about because I was a history major um, in terms of post-Civil War Reconstruction. Right. And what that looked like, particularly in the South. And Rachel's going to read this for you. Okay. So this was uh, posted two days ago. Have you heard that one about coming together and political unity after an insurrection? A thread. One time, after a contentious election, there was a group of angry white people. Because of their, quote, economic anxiety, they refused to acknowledge the president. But their economic anxiety was really white supremacy. No, I'm not talking about 2020. This was the election of 1860. Lincoln wanted to ignore these racist idiots, but I don't know if you've heard about this, Racists aren't known for their letting shit go qualities. Very few people who own muskets and handlebar mustaches are described as pretty chill dudes. Look it up. So they kicked the Southern senators for engaging in a conspiracy of, for the destruction of the government and not telling anyone that there was a conspiracy. Didn't I just say this wasn't 2020? Ted Cruz ain't that old. The racists were so angry that they decided they would rather not be a part of America if they couldn't rape, kill, and own black people. So they decided to attack a federal building. No, this is not 2020. This was the insurrection at Fort Sumter, not the Capitol building. First shots of the Civil War. Yeah. 
And I know you're saying, to call the Civil War a white supremacist insurrection is a reach. Confederates weren't white supremacists. They just wanted the South to keep control of their slaves. Maybe you're right. Let's see what a dictionary says. White supremacist. A person who believes that the white race is inherently superior to other races and that white people should have control over people of other races. Insurrection. An act or instance of revolting against civil authority or an established government. Which is literally the definition of a white supremacist insurrection. Is the Civil War, right? I know, facts are bullshit, but let's move on. Anyway, during this white supremacist insurrection, they came to an agreement. Basically, they would shoot each other in the face. They would not shoot each other in the face, but they would exchange prisoners of war like, quote, gentlemen. Yes, races can be gentlemen. Remember how the gentlemen used to spit on 12-year-old black kids when they were integrating their schools? Remember how some forced labor camps, y'all call them plantations, New bright baby season was five to six months after a white woman gave birth. Oh, what's bright baby season? Well, gentlemen who couldn't have sex with their pregnant wives would just sexually assault their human property. Six months after a white woman had a baby, mixed enslaved kids would be born because gentlemen. By the way, if I haven't mentioned it, fuck that Confederate flag. It's not just a racist flag. It literally stands for legal rapists. Anyway, these, quote, gentlemen were cool with these exchanges at first. Then something happened that outraged the Southern gentlemen. Black people started kicking their Confederate asses. The Confederates argued that Negroes fighting was not gentlemanlike. <laughs> they literally called it uncivilized. Yes, the traitor, rapist, racist dude said that. So Lincoln said, well, if you won't give the black soldiers back, we won't give none y'all soldiers back. And this is one of my favorite factoids about the Civil War. You know what the Confederate prisoners did? A lot of these bitch boys Bitch-made white boys talking about heritage and Southern honor just joined the Union Army. Ha ha ha. A musket and a mustache can't make a coward brave. Anyway, Lincoln issues an executive order saying that if the South kills any black soldiers, the North will kill a white soldier. If the Confederates send a black soldier to slavery, the Union will sentence a white soldier to hard labor. Now, there is one other thing. Technically, the Union could have killed all of the Confederate soldiers because they were guilty of treason. But, you know, unity. So on April 12, 1864, Confederate forces moved in on Fort Pillow. There were about 500 to 600 Union soldiers there, half black, half white. All the white dudes were fairly new, but the black dudes were from two artillery units. I think that means the black dudes got to choose the radio stations. About 10 a.m., they noticed 1,500 white dudes show up in the parking lot. As soon as they pulled up, a sniper, probably Jamal, shot the Confederate leader's horse out from under him. Ah, hell no. They started fighting and the Union leader was killed. The Confederate dude told them to surrender, but guess what happened? Somebody shot his horse again. The Union refused to surrender. The fighting restarted. Somebody shot the dude's horse again. Where the fuck is he getting spare horses? Horse Mart? Horse Depot? <laughs> but they were outnumbered. The Union had to surrender. The Confederates captured the surrendering soldiers and then they slaughtered all the black people. All of them. 350 souls. A massacre. When the public heard about this, they were furious. Lincoln's cabinet thought they should just kill 350 white dudes like his order of retaliation said. I agree. Mm -hmm. But Lincoln was soft on war crimes. He wanted unity, and he wanted to move forward. So after the Civil War, some, quote, radicals wanted to hold the traitors responsible, at least the ones who committed war crimes. They passed a bill that punished them. Lincoln vetoed it. Then he pardoned most of them. Now, of all the people who was pardoned, the Fort Pillow Massacre was the most egregious. 
Not only was he a traitor, but he was a murderer and a war criminal. By all accounts, he should have been killed, raised from the dead, and killed again, like a horse, apparently. Instead, he just went home. Like all the Confederates, like all the traitors at the Capitol, like white people get to do all the time. And those Confederates carried out the longest sustained period of racial terrorism in American history. The Confederate soldiers made up the KKK. They were the ones who massacred black people during Reconstruction. They were the ones who fought a war for white supremacy in the South. And they won. The Compromise of 1877 was essentially this. We know you all killed so many black voters and stole an election. But if you let our boy win, we'll let you all treat black people however you want. However you want is now called Jim Crow. It is impossible to say, to say if punishing ex-Confederates would have prevented the terrorism. But by not punishing those racist rape murderers, the federal government legalized institutionalized racism and gave organized terror cells a blank check. And here's the thing. They did not unite shit. There was no peace. Oh, white people were happy it was over. But black people had to endure a terror campaign. When they said unity, they meant white people united with other white people. They meant we, keep, we get to keep doing what we were doing the whole time. They mean white people don't ever, ever, ever have to face consequences. It means fuck black lives. Even if they would have punished that one guy, they might have stopped a murder campaign and saved thousands of black people. Well, maybe that's a reach. Except for one thing, that war criminal who was pardoned? He was Nathan Bedford Forrest, the first Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. If you visit the Tennessee State House, you can see how the state of Tennessee honors this racist, white supremacist criminal every day. Of course, he's a quote gentleman. And unity means fuck black people. Every damn time. And then there is a photo of a bust of this man in the Tennessee State Capitol. And there's that famous uh, sculpture of him where he looks kind of like Lucifer with crazy eyes. Um, yeah, so another great piece by Michael Harriet. And something to keep in mind every time even these respectable Republicans like Mitt Romney talk about unity. And Right, we talked about this when we were talking after the insurrection mm-hmm. happened about how, you know, if you, it may seem stupid to be continuing with the impeachment hearing now, right? Like, he's not the president anymore. What's the point of all this? Why don't we just let it go? We need to unify. <coughs> But the problem with that is history only remembers the things that we do. And so if we don't punish these people and if there is no, there is nothing that is done about what happened on January 6th and President Trump just to go, gets to go play fucking golf in Florida and these people get to just attack the Capitol and, and you know, storm the Capitol and go in with guns and nothing happens to anybody... I think history will say, well, it really wasn't that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. And it just lays the framework for this continuing to happen and and to uh, get worse and worse. Yeah. Um, So we do have a second impeachment trial coming up. And we'll talk a little bit about that after the break. And we will also talk about Jewish space lasers. Yeah. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Hello and welcome back to Reverend Testimony. So, do we have to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene? Yeah. Tell the background and then just what the fuck. She's an insane congresswoman from Georgia. She was just like a QAnon type gun nut. She just won. Pain in the ass person who liked to harass people and she called things like Sandy Hook and the Parkland Massacre a false flag and same with the Las Vegas shooting and she's one of these lunatics and she went ahead and got elected to Congress because she's in a crazy congressional district down in Georgia and she's nuts and all this stuff she has said and on social media and other stuff she's done is now coming to light and she's a huge embarrassment and Democrats are finally learning to play the game and K-Girl's got some issues with this. I do, too. They sort of, they could have stopped her from being on the education committee, but they kind of stood back and let her. So to hang Republicans enough rope to hang themselves with by having this woman basically be their spokesperson at this point. And mm-hmm. boy, did Kevin, McCar- Kevin McCarthy must have just started pounding the vodka today when uh, she went and I think it was this morning said hey I just had a great visit with President Trump he loves me <laughs> <laughs> so they they're, they can't get rid of her basically I mean I don't feel sorry for them at all no of course not um, I do think though for the folks who have lost children particularly like the Sandy folk the Sandy Hook folks yeah. um, to have someone like her be on the education committee is uh, really offensive and deeply, right? Yeah. Deeply offensive. Yeah, it's, um, it's awful. She as a human being is sort of deeply offensive, so I don't know what committee you put her on that isn't, but this one does feel a little, like, on the nose, like, I don't know. But, yeah, she's she's garbage. She's nuts. Um, so, should we talk about the Jewish space laser? Yes. Tell me all about you and your people's space laser, please. Well, I'll read a story. Okay, great. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> this is all obviously very true. Um, <laughs> so, in case you haven't heard, um, and know what everybody's talking about with the Jewish space laser, here we go. Did Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene blame a space laser for wildfires? Here's the response by Bruce Wiley. We were talking about Bruce Lee earlier, but this is no relation, I don't think. Senior contributor for Forbes magazine. Okay. Uh, You may have noticed that Jewish space laser has been trending on Twitter. After all, it's not every day that you see a racial term and space laser used together. Indeed, how often do you hear things like a black spaceship, a Latino lightsaber, or a Chinese virus? Correction, how often do you hear the first two things at least? The trending of Jewish space laser apparently was ignited by the resurfacing of a 2018 social post from first-term rep Marjorie Taylor Greene, Republican of Georgia. In her post, Taylor Greene suggested that the 2018 California wildfires were due not to climate change, leaving vegetation more combustible, but... (laughs) Stop, Moses. My cat is chewing on my elbow. But instead, potentially to some kind of space laser. And the following tweet with Taylor Greene's original post showed... These lasers supposedly concentrated the sun's energy and created a solar beam that then sets parts of California ablaze. Wasn't that literally the plot of The Force Awakens? <laughs> right? This is a sitting congresswoman. No, but know. do you remember that movie, right? You remember the, that this Force Awakens where the, the First Order sucked, sucked up movie, the sun? Right? Yeah. 
And then yes. had those lasers that blew up the planets. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I guess right. maybe that's where she got that. Okay. We're doing that in California. We're doing that in California. Okay. What well, makes it a Jewish space laser? Well, we're getting to that. Okay, great. Naturally, right? Well, real scientists have long said climate change has left many regions drier than before. Why should you listen to science? So does that mean you should never go outside because you never know when space lasers may wipe out your existence or at least give you a sunburn that require at least SPF 40,000 to prevent? It would kind of stink to have to worry about the possibility of a secret space laser zapping you every single day. Imagine having to say, I'll pick up at 6 p.m. unless, of course, a space laser makes me into creme brulee before that. <laughs> this would also mean that you would have to minimize time spent outside. For example, if you had to venture outside to do something like pick up toilet paper delivery from your doorstep, you may feel compelled to duck and roll while trembling and muttering, must avoid space laser, must avoid space laser, <laughs> over and over again. Indeed, the California wildfires fires resulted in extreme damage, air pollution, and fatalities. But a space laser that could arbitrarily set things on fire could do even greater damage. Perhaps Taylor Green is being incredibly brave every time she spends time outside without a force field around her. So why does the trending phase have the word Jewish in front of it? Well, Green's post suggested that the Rothschild banking firm is behind a supposed corporate cabal that engineered this whole space laser plot. As Zach Beauchamp wrote for Vox, anti-Semitic conspiracy theories about the Rothschild family controlling the world have frequently surfaced in the past. Beauchamp explained that this was not an isolated anti-Semitic incident for Green. In fact, the editorial board for USA Today wrote that her Facebook account contained racist, Islamophobic, and anti-Semitic views. Beauchamp stated that Taylor Green's space laser theory is the latest in a long line of conspiracies about the Rothschild family, and those conspiracies are always, at root, anti-Semitic. Since the 19th century, people have used claims that this one particularly wealthy family controls the world to cast aspersions on Jews in general. Gee, blaming a racial group for health crisis. Is this an environmental health crisis? When has that ever happened before? While a number of people have been understandably upset about Green's post, the absurdity of the space laser conspiracy theory brought some interesting flames on social media. For example, since Green did not include any pictures of the space laser, some tried to provide possible depictions, like me included. <laughs> 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 I made a little, I found a little space laser picture and I put a little Jewish star on it. <laughs> Uh, someone did a Death Star with a little Star of David with the laser beam coming out of it. Uh, continuing with the Star Wars theme, GOP congressman blamed wildfires on secret Jewish space laser. And the volatile mermaid, who, oh, she follows me, said the secret Jewish space laser is guarded by Hanukkah Solo and a sidekick Jewbaka. <laughs> That's good. Uh, people suggested other uses of space lasers, such as Middle Age Riot says, Marjorie Taylor Greene claims California wildfires are caused by Jewish space lasers, which is ridiculous because they are strictly used to circumcise Martian babies. And this. Uh, Linda Childers says, Oy vey, all these years I've been using my Jewish space laser to poke holes in homemade bagels rather than start wildfires in my home state. Uh, Harold Franklin, slaughterer of thousands, says, Jewish space laser, that's my porn name. Some wondered why, where they could pick up such a laser, which according to a, fellow, a following tweet may have gone the way of toilet paper in spring of 2020. Real Life Mommy says, Anyone know where I can pick up a new Jewish space laser? I need a replacement and they're suddenly sold out everywhere. <laughs> Note, when shopping for toilet paper, I don't accidentally purchase a space laser. Two are not interchangeable. If you're wondering, searching, if you were wondering, searching for Jewish space laser on Amazon will just return some t-shirts and a bunch of dreidels, but no giant space laser. <laughs> then there's laser envy. George Takai says, wait, the Jews have space lasers already? Asian America, get your act together. Uh, Kasim Rashid Esquire says, George, in our defense, we Asian Muslims have long had Muslimic ray guns. 
Maybe Takai didn't remember that former U.S. president and current Mar-a-Lago resident Donald Trump mentioned the Kung flu virus in his campaign speech. Jesus. Which one would be better to have, a virus that can do martial arts, a space laser, or a Muslimic ray gun? Not everybody appreciated the value of a space laser. Somebody named Benj Pasek says, I had my bar mitzvah and all I got was this lousy secret Jewish space laser. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe a virus could do flying cakes would be more effective. Let's be clear. Taylor Green provided no real evidence of his base laser causing the wildfires. She provided no real evidence of the Rothschild family or anyone else building such a laser. There's about as much evidence behind these conspiracy theories as there is evidence that a giant teddy bear is floating in the sky and throwing down hot dogs. The the past few years have seen a resurgence of what occurred throughout history, blaming particular racial groups for public health problems rather than actually solving them. I've already written for Forbes about how those of Asian descent have been unfairly blamed for the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, as we discussed before the break, harassed and even assaulted. Speaking of unfair in the pandemic, as Zamira Rahim reported for CNN, some people have singled out Muslims for spreading the virus, even though there are plenty of non-Muslims holding maskless parties and railing against public health measures. Then there are black Americans who are routinely accused in the U.S. for many of the ills of society, even though they lack representation among leaders who can enact change. And of course, Jewish people have faced their share of finger pointing and conspiracy theories throughout history. No kidding. These are just some of the wonderful examples of the racism that continues to permeate our society society like fungus. Such conspiracy theories not only make life more difficult for the demographics that are being targeted and blamed, they also make it more difficult for all of society. By distracting form distracting from and delaying real solutions to real public health problems, such blaming allows the public health problems to just get worse and worse. It would be like blaming your overflowing toilet on men who wear fanny packs. Well, (laughs) if one was in your house, the toilet will simply continue to overflow. Just take a look at what happened after Trump continued to call the COVID-19 coronavirus the China virus or the Kung flu. Did that stop the virus? How many lives could have been saved if he instead focused on controlling the spread of the virus? Similarly, Similarly, searching the sky for a giant Jewish space laser would be a waste of time because Taylor Green provided no real evidence that there is such a laser. It would be like looking for a huge Kardashian space station. In the meantime, pollution and the climate situation has continued to get worse and worse. More wildfires seem to be emerging each year. That's because instead of being laser-focused on solving the climate change problem, some people may actually be focused on the concept of a friggin' space laser. My question is this. California is... uh, (coughs) place where all of the ills of society live right (laughs) according to conservatives hollywood right and isn't hollywood all controlled by jews yes and so well now it's all controlled by blacks is the jewish space laser wiping out their like promised land look you're asking logical (laughs) questions that never works i mean where do you expect to go with that yeah didn't like wipe out no 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 her rationale oh god no, i gotta try to remember this her rationale for why they would do oh it was to clear land for high-speed rail mm. yeah well welcome my people get blamed for hurricanes and tornadoes and all kinds of things because god is very mad that um we're allowed to exist and love each other 
So. Oh, you're talking about gays. gays. I was like, are you yeah. talking about women? No, nope. gays? Nope, the gays, the queers. Okay. We, we've we caused hurricanes. We've caused so many natural That's disasters because God is so mad at everything. Yeah, but why do they keep hitting fucking Kansas and Oklahoma then? Right. You would think. <laughs> they'd, they'd hit like the God village. Would hit, God would go hit San Francisco if he was super mad at us about Right. They'd hit gays. They'd hit the Castro and the West yeah. Village. Yeah. But no, instead it's Oklahoma where they already hate gays. I don't know. It's very hard to uh, understand. These God things. works I, in I'm mysterious just, ways. I'm just not, that. you know, quite, I'm not, I'm not invited to those meetings apparently. So she's a nightmare. Her counterpart, who also got elected to Congress from just down the road where I will be tomorrow, District 3, uh, Lauren Boebert, who has mm-hmm. an amazing mm-hmm. uh, criminal rap sheet. You talk about white privilege. Um, yeah. A black person with this rap sheet would not be well, on the street. Would be, yeah. would be Certainly impressive. not elected to Congress. She has been either ticketed or arrested or cited at least 20 times. For what? For everything from uh, like not paying off credit cards and then failing to show up in court to like reckless driving and not showing up in court. She does a lot of not showing up to court. She's a sovereign citizen? I don't know if she's used the sovereign citizen defense. Hmm. I, I think she'd be in jail if she did, because judges really don't like that. They don't. Uh, I just think she's young and white, and people assume pretty, so yeah. she just gets away with it. Right. And she's in Colorado Springs. So like, she, yeah, she, she's in the Springs. But all kinds of, like, mostly petty shit. Yeah. Um, although, there, I think there was some weapons stuff, too. Um, Probably, of, considering what she did at the Capitol. Right. Of course, she poisoned a bunch of uh, people, got them really sick. With uh, She served them rancid pork. Uh, she, I mean, I don't think that's her fault, right? No, it, it is totally her fault. Like she did it on purpose? No, she didn't like, <laughs> She didn't do it on purpose, but she had like um, unsafe con- conditions, and she like knowingly like did not properly refrigerate the meat before like serving like it at a dinner a ca- party at a catering event oh as a professional thing okay that's yeah. different i was like are we really like gonna do like the monty python salmon moose thing and be like she's a murderer like <laughs> i don't know it's a dinner party gone wrong but okay she's no, a no, caterer no, 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 no. and she violated food laws and people got sick that's fucked up okay. yeah yeah gotcha. there's that gotcha, at, gotcha. at her gun themed restaurant her gun themed restaurant just gets better and better Okay. So she is a new congressperson, too. Who had a standoff with Capitol Police when she brought a gun. Yes. Uh, after the insurrection, and they wouldn't let her in because you aren't allowed to do that. Um, and they have metal detectors now where they, I guess... Well, the Republicans are just going around them, So, and Pelosi's apparently finding them. I don't know what ever happened with that. That's like a week either. or two old now. Yes. And I, I haven't really followed up. I know. I guess the House hasn't been in session much, so... I, yeah, uh, I don't know, but... Uh, yeah, it's worth very circling close back to around us. on. Very, very uh, close, right down the street. Yeah, there's, he's, she's already got a challenger, like a former Marine guy or something who's... A Republican, though. No, 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 no. He's a Democrat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's a Democrat. He's already raising a shitload of money. I mean, she's, yeah. But it's it's District 3, Colorado Springs. Yeah. She might not be going anywhere. Yeah. Of course, unless God only knows what these people are going to do. I mean, they're packing heat. They're crazy. Yes. Uh, we know they were involved with the Capitol siege, so yeah. is something going to come of that? You would hope so, right. but I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that, and then we have another impeachment trial coming up. I'm not going to get too into the weeds on that, but I've been reading tonight that everybody, all of Trump's lawyers are quitting or bailing on him, that we're going to represent him. 
there's two schools of thought here. One is that he, instead of doing what the, see, this is what the Republicans in Congress are doing. They don't want to take a stand and say, we love Trump. So they're, they're trying to say, this is all bullshit because of technicalities in the constitution. Yeah. Cause he's the former president right. or whatever. Look up Belknap if you want to and see that you can impeach yeah. people that are not currently office holders, constitutionally speaking. Um, so they're trying to do that, but Trump apparently, supposedly, he wants his defense to be no, 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 they stole the election and all the fraud. He just he wants to regurgitate all this stuff, and oh. no law firm wants to touch that. No, <laughs> obviously. No. So no. and it's going to be, I guess, Linwood and Sidney Powell. Another thought is, well, I know there's not there's not enough Republicans to convict, so why should I pay lawyers to defend me? The fit the you know, it's in the bag. The fix is in. Right. Why do I have to worry about that? Right. Which seems pretty reckless. Like, these guys he's could change their mind. He's up a lot. Like, he's got lawyers. He's not a guy who wants to go without lawyers. Right? Like, those guys yeah. could change their mind, no matter yeah. what they're saying now. Yeah. Yeah. That would be... Like, just, what if what if a tape surfaces that, that yeah. has Trump saying, yeah, send the troops in, make sure to behead Pelosi and hang Pence, right? Right. I mean, yes. Yeah. That's very out of character for him. Although maybe, like, maybe those Republicans wouldn't be moved by that. But like he, the, the thing about Donald Trump, you have to remember, is like he will never be a different person than he's always been. Right. And one of the things that he loves is lawyers, right? Yeah. He's always talking about his lawyers. He has tons of lawyers. He's always hiring lawyers. He's always quoting his lawyers. He's always sending his lawyers out to be his spokespeople. He's kind of, he loves lawyers. Like if he feels like that's what rich people have yeah. is a team of lawyers. That's like part of his status because he grew up in the 80s and it was like, well, I'll just talk to my attorney. Also, right? they're the people that have always kept him out of jail and kept him from having yes. to pay people he owes money to. Lawyers and accountants. Yeah. Yep. So I, it doesn't make any sense to me that he would want to do this without lawyers. He loves lawyers. Yeah, it, it yeah. seems strange to me, too. I think a lot of lawyers who work at big firms, who are the only people that have the resources to defend somebody, something like this, are going to find a very hard time finding a big law firm with those resources who's willing to put their name on you know, this. Well, there was a law firm that you used to work for that was going to represent him yes. in some of his election challenge stuff. Super interesting. So Snell & Wilmer is a... Um, big law firm, but not national. It's a Southwest firm, so it's like, it's international, but it's not all over the country. Anyway, it's law firms are complicated, but um, based in Arizona, and they he, yeah he, they were going to use him for his Arizona challenges. So two of the people who two attorneys at the firm in Arizona um, signed on to yeah one of these legal challenges out of Arizona, and the very next morning withdrew. So what we think happened, knowing the firm and knowing the people who run it, is that they found out that two of their attorneys had put their names on something like this that was so <laughs> clearly, like, not only controversial, they're very conservative in terms of, like, what they want their name to be attached to, um, and also they just are conservative, but uh, that they that they didn't get buy-in from the firm first, and you can't do that. Maybe. You uh, cannot. If it's going to be anything political in any way, you have to get buy-in from the managing partner, and they didn't do that. Either so, that or they all got on a conference call and heard uh, Sidney Powell and Rudy screaming about Hugo Chavez and Dominion voting machines. And maybe. And everything. I think it was two rogue lawyers that got probably fired, but maybe not. I mean, it would be... Well, like who? Like associates? It couldn't have been. It doesn't have to be. Could have been partners. I don't know who the lawyers were. I'd have to go back and look. It's right. been years since I've worked there, but 
Yeah, that's, that's interesting. It's just not a thing that a lot of firms want to have their name attached to. Generally, under other presidents, it's a really big deal if you get attorneys of course. Um, poached from your firm. It's a big like PR thing, right? Yeah, not to go for work Donald the White Trump, House, no, but toxic. not for Donald Trump, especially not after the first like year or two. After that, firms were just like, "This is too much." Like. I guess John in the Durley badly wants the gig. I guess he's going to get it because he's the only guy standing. I mean, it's crazy. Because Rudy can't do it because he's a witness. And, you know, we're right. Like, that's the thing. Donald Trump relies on his lawyers so heavily and has such an interesting idea of what lawyers actually do <laughs> and who they actually are. That Well, they th- he thinks they're all like Michael Cohen. Like, yeah, they're fixers. Right. And that's generally not how attorneys work and also, like, violates their ethical conduct rules so if, if they have ethical conducts i mean the bar associations have ethical conduct rules and he's constantly asking his attorneys to violate them yeah which can strip them of their right to practice law so i think that's the other reason just for self-protection a lot of lawyers are just like no like he this guy gets lawyers in trouble constantly yeah and he is unrealistic expectations about what we can and can't do and will and won't do and like I think it's both the firms and the individual attorneys who are just like, fuck no. So I don't know how this impeachment trial is going to go. I I think they should send it to committee so they can get other Senate business done. And it also gives, you know, this thing really has to be fleshed out. And we really have to find out who was involved, who was like what members of Congress were involved in like supporting the siege. That's the other big thing is that this is not just about President Trump being impeached. We still don't know the whole story. This is about discovery and getting the information and having the resources to do a thorough investigation to find out why, you know, the security buttons were missing two days before the siege. Right. Um in um Congresswoman who was it? Was it Rashida Tlaib's office? No. Um, I don't remember. Anyway, all of that crazy shit, right? And like mm-hmm. the tours that were being done and yeah. like the, the secret plans of the secret rooms that they knew about and shit like that. Like there's a lot of stuff that needs to come out and that's part of the reason we're doing this. There was a meeting at the Trump right? Hotel on January 5th with a sitting senator. Right. And These are all things that yeah. we're not going to be able to find out. I mean, I guess there's other methods, but this is a really good one. Because it's information we need to prove that this was coordinated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Democrats seem to want to get it over with quickly for some reason. I mean, partially yeah. to they can work on other stuff, but like then yeah. why do this in the first place? Right. Uh, why not just hold hearings? Why right. Why not just hold a bunch of hearings? Right. So I I don't know. I don't I, either. I'm a little it's, confused. It's, yeah. Uh, about what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. But and I think it's not great for optics because people do think, like, what a waste of time. Like, he's already not the president. Can you let it go? Like, sour grapes almost? Like, vengeful? Yeah, that's not what the public's saying, though. There's been poll after poll after poll, and a majority still wants him convicted in an impeachment trial and to not be allowed to serve again. Like, close right. to 60%. So yeah, I, I mean, don't think we're there yet. I just know certain people that are, like, this seems dumb. Right. And I get that. I get it. And I do think it's important, but I also Well, then, get then like, you remind people, like, hey, remember when they were literally trying to lynch Mike Pence and Nancy Pelosi? We kind of have to get to the bottom of that. Right. And then, and then they're like, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess we should figure it out. Yeah. yeah. But maybe we shouldn't call it an impeachment hearing then. And I'm like, okay. I mean, okay. Well, it is what it is. It is what it is, though. Well, do you re- want to get to the bottom of it? I, I think then? originally was the idea was, let's... let's <laughs> 
I, I don't know. I, I don't know if they thought they had enough Republican support that they could do this really quickly and then get Trump the hell out of there because they were worried that, yeah. you know, the, like yeah. he was going to try some shit, violent shit during uh, the inauguration. Yeah, right before, right after, and not concede power and all that stuff. That's And it's like now they can't, right. they can't back out because they've right. gone this far. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know what the thinking is. I, don't, I, I know what Pelosi's thinking is. But in terms of like yeah. all her colleagues and de- and Senate Democrats, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I I think they were very foolish if they thought that Republican support was going to last more than a day. Yeah. Right. Like uh, maybe the Republicans. As soon as Biden is the president, then all bets are off because then it's like you know immediate threat is over, and now it's just obstructionism. No sure, what but even even before that, I, I, it is possible that like. The night of January 6th and the morning of January 7th, when you even had people like Kevin McCarthy go, hey, yeah, the president egged them on and that's fucked up. Yeah. Um, Them being like, okay, finally, we've lost enough of our we've lost enough of Trump has lost enough of his base that we can move on from him. Yeah. And of course, all his people said no. (laughs) And so they're Mm -hmm. like, okay, I guess. No, no, we can't impeach him. Right. I, I, I don't know. I mean, again, I do not feel sorry for these people made your fucking bed. Like, I mean, I'm sure there was a contingent of people who just voted for Trump because they always Trump Republic, they always vote Republican yeah. or something, something, and they're pretty horrified. But in terms of like the people with the Trump flags in their yard, none, yeah. none of them have jumped ship. I still have not talked to my parents about this at all. I mean, it's understandable. I have talked to my parents, and we have not talked about this because, especially right after it happened, I couldn't. I just, <clears throat> I could just hear like. It wasn't really us. It was Antifa, and I just couldn't have that. No, or they just would have been like, well, what about Antifa mm -hmm, when they, mm -hmm. in Portland, Mm -hmm. they do the whataboutism. I just couldn't listen. I just could hear it in my head, and I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And they haven't brought it up, and I don't think they want to, because what do you say? Right? I think the only thing you can say is, ah, that was just a tiny group of crazy people. We didn't storm the Capitol. Thousands of them, but okay. Yeah. I know. So I haven't, I don't know what their take on it is. If I do talk to them, I'll report back. Okay. Yeah. Well, what else you got? Oh, something really huge and really good. This is a really good way to end. Um, Last night, uh, I found out, it was reported widely that um, the Black Lives Matter Foundation has been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> wow. Which made me cry. Um, and in the press release, the, the Nobel Committee specifically tries to head off some of what will be the great criticism of this decision by saying, you know, we understand that, um, that the Black Lives Matter movement has been saddled with, you know, depictions of or accusations of violence um, but we would like to remind you that um, basically it was the cops and that property destruction is not violence, which like for the Nobel Committee to say that out loud and to acknowledge internationally that the Black Lives Matter protesters were not the ones creating violence, that it was the police, that they said that out loud and then nominated this movement like is gigantic mm-hmm. and important and whatever you think about the Nobel prizes or whatever, like I just think it's, the things that we do here do make international 
news and they do not news everybody knows that but you know like they do have an international impact people pay attention and and for something that is so personal to so many people and so controversial in this country to be recognized internationally as a, a movement for good right mm-hmm. to to be acknowledged for what it really is which is trying to make positive change and save lives and um how angry must Trump be? Because oh he's been lobbying God. for a Nobel. I know. For just because. A friend of mine I was talking to the other day said, well, I mean, Trump was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. And I was like, no, he wasn't, though. He never was. He said that he was. And then everyone was like, what? And then they looked it up and they were like, no, he wasn't. But it was just one of those things that you're like, well, he said it. And maybe it's true. But nothing he says is true. Who knows? And I had to like push back and be like, no, that's not true. That's not true. He wasn't. He said he was. He wanted to be. He talked about it. He asked for it. He never was. Um, like famously, Obama got the Nobel Peace Prize and was embarrassed by it because mm-hmm. he was newly elected president. Um, he said, I haven't done anything yet. I haven't done anything yet. And <clears throat> I think he had just learned about all the things he was probably going to have to do and was like, please don't give me this. <laughs> I'm not going to live up to it. I mean, he basically said that in his acceptance speech of it was just like, I don't deserve this and I don't know that I can live up to it um, I don't think they should have given him the prize but the, but regardless of that I think that this is a huge uh, it's a big deal and it means a lot to me um, that even in this country if we can't acknowledge that Black Lives Matter that um, the message is getting everywhere else and everyone else agrees you know Yeah. so that's the heartening alright that's going to do it for us we're going to have some guests in the coming weeks yeah some pretty popular guests. At least they have a lot more followers than we do. <laughs> so that's always fun. And some friends. And some friends. So stay active, stay tuned, stay involved. I'm Travis. Stay I'm Rachel. And uh, yeah, get your vaccine when you can. Keep wearing your damn mask. <laughs> <laughs>